Well, welcome to the Gucci Kawa Podcast Show. This podcast is by Anchor FM. Tonight's guest is from the Big Island of Hawaii. He is now spreading aloha in San Antonio, Texas. Sensational ukulele artist, Kainoa Kamaka. Welcome, Kainoa. Aloha. I like that. Aloha. Well, how's the weather in San Antonio, Texas? It is very warm today, um, but can't complain. Okay, um, you know, let's get a little intro. This uh, we're gonna have a nice casual talk story today. Um, a little intro about yourself. Um, now, recently I had the privilege to interview you before, and got to know that you were born on, on the big um, big island of Hawaii? That is correct. Okay. What part of the big island? Hilo. Oh, Hilo. Wow. And how long how long were you there until you made that transition? I was there most of my life. Um, I didn't move away from Hawaii till I was uh, 33 years old. Wow. Okay. That was like, what, two years ago? So, wow. Just a couple years, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, all about this music. Now, you know, your passion, obviously, is music. I discovered you on during this time of the COVID-19 because most of the gigs are being locked down and closed up. And I saw you on live stream. What, how did you get involved in the music? Uh, well, I I was raised in a, I would say I was raised surrounded by music because I come from a musical family. Um, my family originates uh, um, from this whole old Hawaiian village um, on a big island called Kalapana. Mm. And um, in our village, you know, we, it was a no electricity, no running water kind of life, lifestyle. And... Um, my um, my relatives, um, so when they would finish their day, they would all play music. And um, and what came from it was like the group, the Hui Ohana is, um, is family to us. So I grew up with their music and my mom being um, a hula dancer, my dad being a musician. Um, I was surrounded with a lot of Hawaiian music and and entertainment and I just gravitated to that to the point where I remember being as young as three years old when I had the ukulele put in my hand and and then going and being amongst you know my uncles that play music and they would put a guitar in my hand or watching my mom dance hula and being part of Mara Monarchs and and that type of lifestyle just got me really interested in music and started to pick up the instrument as it was like everybody did back then. Just We just would pick it up and mess around with it and didn't know that it was going to be um, the instrument that I'm playing today and didn't know that how music was going to impact my life the way it has um, in my life. But yeah, I've enjoyed the journey and... I feel like I was just naturally born into it. Wow. Okay. Let's let's uh, explain to the folks out there um, 
I'm sure a lot of folks out there or people that haven't even get the experience to visit the Big Island. And, you know, this show is all about not only about the music, but entertainers, but entertainers that are from, like, well, from the island of Hawaii, like yourself. Explain to people um, about the Merry Monarch. Well, the Merry Monarch now is um, a little over 50 years um, and going. Um, uh, we had... Um, Several re- relatives of mine, um, Uncle George Nohope and Titadi, um, come together to form an organization to perpetuate the hula. And so in perpetuating the hula, they made it into um, sort of a like a competition um, where the best of the best um, um, hula halals from Hawaii and beyond could come into a platform and and challenge themselves creatively in in the songs and choreograph um, that they do. And so the Merrimonic um, is really um, the big island, especially Hilo. It, it is the event of the year. Um, and and of which you have to buy tickets um, much in advance because it's uh, limited seating. They have a cap on the seating. and But when you're inside there and to see all of the groups come out and, uh, and how much they put into not only the routines, the songs, and um, the choreography and the costumes, um, it's, re- it's really uplifting and moving. And, and lately... Um, it has also reinvented itself in a way that the best of the best Hawaii's musicians are are backing up the the groups that are performing. So that's even taking the Maramonic to a whole other level. But it's something that people have to go and experience in, um, at least once in a lifetime to really um, capture the essence of of our being Hawaiian, especially there in Hawaii, and perpetuating the hula. Yeah, I'm, I'm, myself, I never experienced being at the Mary Monarch. I used to, I follow it on Facebook when they do the live stream. I also follow them on YouTube, and and it's kind of interesting that knowing that these people, I mean, the halau, I mean, is they work so hard over the years, and everything is so precise. I mean, just watching that. It's like, I call it like Super Bowl of Hula, pretty much, right? It is. And um, and yes, I mean, the training that goes behind the routines and and everything that comes up and how they go about um, picking their costumes, making their costumes, um, studying each song to capture the essence of the author who wrote it, um, the reason why they they writ, writ, written it and to capture all of that in a song and dance is really truly amazing and, and, and people um, people has been elevating their level of creativity and musicality and and originality in, in um, making that event um, so so special 
Yes. And you know what? And I know you mentioned, um, actually, the Mary Monarch is actually uh, held um, in Hilo. Well, actually, where you're from, right? Yes. Okay. If you could explain to the folks, I mean, I drove through there or I stopped with my wife when I was visiting you. It's kind of like the historical, more of the old, older town. Can you give more of a, like from your view of, about Hilo, about the history about Hilo, just a little bit about it? Well, well, if you think about Hawaii as a state, we have eight Hawaiian islands of which Kauai is the first of the Hawaiian islands known as the guardian island also the most spiritual of all the Hawaiian islands and that's the most northwestern island on the Hawaiian chain then you look at the big island the big island is little southeast of Kauai and the last of the Hawaiian chain so they call it a big island not only because of its size because it's the last of the island chain um, they also um, look at the Big Island as the as the baby or the child that is still growing. Hence, the active volcano of Kilauea erupting and growing more land on the southeastern side of the island. Um, so, you look at that at, in retrospect, and it being um, the furthest island away from all the other Hawaiian islands. Um, there's there's a we tease about the, the the people there in Hawaii um, on the Big Island being always the same. Like you can always go back to Hilo and find things the same way. Not as fast growing as Oahu or Maui or Kauai. And um, mm-hmm. so that's kind of a, um, that's a little, that's the beauty of it. And I find like the music there is on the Big Island is so unique than all the other islands. Um, I find a lot of, uh, uh, the, in the style of which the Big Island um, plays their music is so, um, there's so much essence and beauty and not to take away from any other island, but it is something special when you start really evaluating and listening to the, the groups that came out of Hawaii um, on the Big Island um, then and now. And you look at the young kids even to today that, um, we'll never, um, we'll never record an album, or we'll never get on a big stage. But the, their love for music is is so unique there. Yeah, and that's that's one great things. I mean, like you said earlier, not to take away from other islands, but the inter- interesting part about it is all about the culture, cultural, you know, cultural environment. Like like you said. I'm sure that, you know, you played your music a lot on Hilo and you went to different islands. A lot of people, a lot of the different artists have their different style of playing is because where they're from. And I take that quite, quite incredibly um, in- interesting about that. And that's, it's all about the culture, I think, you know, so. Yeah, because um, after college, I spent, I spent 12 years on Kauai playing music there. Um, Kauai has some really great songwriters and um, they got some really beautiful songs about Kauai being the guardian island. I mean, it's one of the most beautiful islands in the state of Hawaii. Um, and and they have great, beautiful songs about Kauai. And I, I find Maui, like they have some talented musicians there 
that's so diverse with not just Hawaii but um, um, Western music as well. They're so good at at stuff like that. But um, I find Maui too to have a, a lot of great talented musicians. I just find something um, a little bit more special about the musicians in on the Big Island. Mm. You know, you know a lot too is how. I got a question for you, and the question is, who did you kind of like look up to in uh, as a music artist in in Hawaii, Hawaii? Well, my, the first group, as I mentioned, was my family called the Huiohana. So that's um, Uncle Le- Leonard Kaapana, um, Slacky mm-hmm. Master. His twin mm-hmm. brother Nedred Kaapana was amazing on a bass guitar. The vocals of um, Uncle Dennis Pavao. I mean, they, they kind of said it. I mean, you know, and being older now and looking back at that time, you know, I, I can see, I mean, we took it for granted that there were our family members singing at every party. Right. But when I really studied them, man, they were just three of the most amazing musicians and group, and uh, together as a group, they were outstanding. And, um, and I love that about that, you know, of course, I have my modern influences from, I don't know, like Stevie Wonder, James Taylor, and, right. and groups like that. I mean, individuals and groups to Michael Jackson, Elvis Presley, and all of those guys. But, but you know, I mean, um, just being around the family music, that's what really um, kicked it off for me, you know. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Um Kind of like we're on the topic about who we follow, like you said, Stevie Wonder, Elvis Presley. You know, I actually, I, I grew up, and if you notice, I always request some Elvis from you. And the reason by that story, kind of, is uh, my father had a, um, a motel in Las Vegas. So it was back in the late 60s, early 70s. I had to go out we had to go out there i was really young obviously i couldn't go into the casinos i i don't know how in the world i got into the showrooms but my dad always had access to elvis tickets and so i i grew up watching him at the old hilton las vegas and because we have to go see elvis a lot because my older sister was a big fan of his i mean she back then you know like they, they wore those wigs and whatever back then. <laughs> and then she had posters all over her room. So she was a very big Elvis fan. And I remember every time we had to go and check out the motel business, my dad, like every other weekend we were out there, he put us in the back of the station wagon and said, okay, we, we gotta go to Vegas. We, I, gotta, I gotta do some business out there. Well, the whole family got in the station wagon and that night went after we checked into our home motel there he treated us and go see Elvis Presley I just every time we went to Vegas every time we went to Vegas I went I was able to experience Elvis Presley and I remember coming home and my sister told me this that I should come home and did a show in front of her that I was Elvis okay put my collar up <laughs> I did <laughs> And then to this day, it's funny because when my friends and family want to go out to karaoke, that's all I do is sing Elvis. And I remember singing Elvis. And also my wife looked at me and said, oh my gosh, your voice changed. 
it's, it's really weird that when you're in person, the way you're talking, but when you're on the microphone singing Elvis, I could do that deep voice Elvis song. So that is the reason why I always request Elvis to you. So now you know my backstory on that. Oh, wonderful. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was a, a really well experience, you know, growing up and, and, and just watching Elvis Presley. You know, your passion obviously has grown into many, many destinations, I'm sure. And you just gave us a great um, backdrop of your your Hawaiian um, island um, history about your part of growing up and being around the family entertainment business. Your destination now has grown, like I said, passionately that you ended up in San Antonio, Texas. Can you give us a little short story about that? Yeah. Um, well, being, I was on Kauai playing music and there was a time where um, with the Hawaiian music and the way the music industry became in Hawaii towards um, the early 2000s, um, it I didn't feel at the time for me like Hawaii's music was being creative or, or moving into a new path. I felt like every other song was the same song kind of kind of thing. And um, so um, and during that time, uh, I saw myself like playing less Hawaiian stuff and I was playing more contemporary pop music and things um, just to stay relevant, you know, um, right. as far as playing, playing for tourists and stuff. But um, but I came out to um, Texas for a business conference, and one of my cousins that I grew up with um, um, was here in San Antonio. So my my conference was in Houston, Texas. So after my conference, I I, I said, man, I'm gonna hang out, um, extend my trip so I can visit visit my cousin and check out check out San Antonio. And I really, really enjoyed um, that visit, and um, so much so that I would have I came back out once a year for the next four years to to visit San Antonio, and um, then it came that you know pivotal point in my life um, that I made the the leap of faith to to move here to San Antonio. I really love this market. I love the people that I met here and. And wanted to expand my wings outside of the state of Hawaii. And then being here, uh, moving up here, I didn't didn't know what to expect. To be honest, Just didn't sure. my my intention wasn't to play music and do that because I didn't know this market or how they would accept me and my music here. And so, um, though I did some part-time gigs, um, just through word of mouth. Um, I worked, I spent 10 of the past, uh, the last 10 years working at a university here at the University of Texas at San Antonio. And so that kept me busy, you know, and and I would perform every once in a while. And, um, but I noticed uh, my call back to music um, started to come, be more and more prevalent, you know, the last uh, four or six years 
and so much so that um, that I made that decision to go back playing full time music in 2018. So, and that's where I've been enjoying my life at this point in my in my life and career. Um, so, uh, leaving the university and getting back to music has been such a blessing in disguise because during this time um just from one of my um uh my videos online um Koloa Ukulele saw it and reached out to me to um invite me to become their sponsored artist and I was so grateful to to have a company like Koloa reach out to me that because stuff like that never happened to me before so Um, of course, I said yes, and I've been a, a, yeah. a loyal uh, artist to to Koloa, and um, and I've I, they took me to Australia and performed at a ukulele festival there, and then um, so I've been I've been their ambassador um, um, since then too. So you know, you couple all of that and and. Engaging myself back into Hawaiian music here in San Antonio, um, LNL Hawaiian Grill uh, just opened up here six years ago. And when they first opened up, I met with the franchise owner Auntie Sarah, and we decided we'll do one Aloha Friday a month. And wow. we started do so one Aloha Friday. I would set up there and people would grab a meal and we would play music for them for about three hours and that was one way that um, through th those efforts and being consistent and doing that for so long um, that's how I got injected into the community even more and and doing more for the community I would travel all over San Antonio and Texas and participate at all the Hawaiian festivals that they hold throughout the year in in the state of Texas. So just putting myself out there and and um, is really what contributed uh, my success here in San Antonio as a musician. Um, and now through COVID, um, this online mechanism since all of our gigs got canceled was a very therapeutic and um, and healing in in ways that I found that I can reach even more people than my community here in San Antonio hence how I got to know you or you got to know me that is so true you know I never been through San Antonio Texas before um, you came on today you know I went online check it out and I went You know, myself, my wife, we were supposed to drive through San Antonio, Texas on the way out towards New York, Chicago, and Virginia with my stepson. Is that he's in the Navy there. So I don't know, maybe in a way we would have met because I would have probably tried to find, you got any Hawaiian restaurants around here? <laughs> right? So maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe in a way we would have still met because, you know, But no, when I'm at a restaurant and I'm sitting there and I really appreciate the music artist that is playing, my wife will tell you this too, that I end up being their friends. We end up working together. That's always what it happens. But I want to give us a little tour about San Antonio, Texas. And this is what I brought up. I got it up on my computer right now. That San Antonio 
is a major city in South Central Texas with a rich colony heritage. So it's got a lot of history. And they said that in 18th century, the Spanish mission preserved as a museum. There's a lot of museums out there, apparently. And the 1836 battle for the Texas Texan independence from Mexico, following the San Antonio River. And I was checking it out out there, that things to do out there. And obviously, they're really big in art and cultural. And I'm sure that's where you fitted very well in here. But um, how how would you, if I was going to come out, and you could probably tell the folks out there that never been visiting San Antonio, Texas, because this is like a travel segment now. Why don't you give us some things, what you found when you first there, obviously you probably went sightseeing. I would too. I would sightsee to get to know my uh, area where I'm living at. Give us a little background about San, San Antonio, Texas area. Well, I'm not very good at the historical value since um, I'm, I'm from Hawaii, but I found right. San Antonio to be beautiful because um, right in downtown San Antonio, they have a beautiful river walk, which awesome. brings millions of people um, to San Antonio to, to see. It's family friendly. It's budget friendly. Um, it's accessible. It's like being in um, a big city in a small town feel. It's very rich in the Hispanic cultural uh-huh. um, with their um, arts, music, food, um, decor. It's been, it's so, so, so beautiful. Um, and, and yes, and it has a lot of activities. I mean, we have, you know, two big um, um, parks. You know, we have a big SeaWorld and Fiesta Texas, uh, Six Flags out here. Um, and we have a, a lot of festivals, that uh, cultural festivals that, that takes place um, that really showcases the uh, San Antonio as a community. Um, they have a lot of places to visit, as you mentioned, from museums, arts. Um, they have great breweries here, wines, hmm. great dining. Sounds good. Um, and it's it's amazing, uh, you know, when you step back and just think about all the wonderful things that uh, this community in San Antonio offers. And and the most the most important thing for me here in San Antonio are the people. The people. And, right. and um, I like San Antonio better. I mean, I I've connected with San Antonio better than I did with other of the big cities here in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, when I was um, thinking about some you know somewhere other than Hawaii to live. Um, you know, San Antonio is what I connected most versus the West Coast and, you know, where uh, Las Vegas, where a lot of the Hawaiians are. Sure. Stuff. So, um, so I came a little, little further east, but it's been great. It's been such a um, blessing and a great ride um, being in this community here. Um, I've been here since uh, 2003. Wow, okay. You know, I happen to be on the website right now as you were talking, and 
this river walk, God, is amazing. There, there's a picture showing people are in this little boat that goes along the river, and there's like dancers on the stage that they, they, they the boat goes on this little river and goes through all these stops, all these different places and shops and dining and restaurants. I go, God, that's just so amazing. There. Yeah, and and it's so nice about it is that as you on the what we call that riverboat tour, um, you get to listen to the guides tell you a little bit more about the city, and that's really a fun fun trip to to do. And um, and what while while you're there, there's a lot of shopping to do and eateries, and you can visit the Alamo and the, the history of the Alamo and and learn about that kind of things and. And it's all within rock, walking distance downtown, you know. It's, and mm-hmm. like they said, it's safe, um, it's friendly, um, family friendly, and it's very easy on the pocket. Oh yeah, I bet. And man, now I'm getting really hungry because now I, I'm looking at the food. They have everything from Mexicans and Latin American cuisine. God, it looks so good. <laughs> And it's so nice to be along the river at Shelter. I bet the margaritas are really nice out there. <laughs> oh, I, yes. Because you got to think, I mean, Mexico is so close to San Antonio that we really get a lot, some good, authentic cuisines here, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. Hey, um, during this time... Um, well, I'm going to just tell people, yeah, to check out San Antonio, Texas. And if you're ever out there, after everything gets all cleared up. Um, but I want, why don't you give your information on how people could follow you with your music? Um, I don't know if you're on Instagram. Uh, I know you're on Facebook for sure. Can you give uh, people your um, where you, where they could like watch you or locate you? Yeah, I mean, you can go to kainoakamaka.com. Um, search Kainoa Kamaka at Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Um, and by doing so, um, you can connect with me that way. Anyway, any of those platforms. Okay, great. Well, thank you for mentioning that. And also, too, um, let's talk about... Now, you you mentioned earlier about that uh, the ukulele company sponsored you, or... or well, I don't know about sponsor, but Kent uh, pretty much brought you on board with them. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, as I mentioned, um, Konoa Ukulele based out of Honolulu. Um, um, there's such a beautiful family, um, family-based company that started um, a little over 25 years ago. Um, and and they came into this ukulele industry um, with and produce really quality instruments that, in my humble opinion, um, was really like one of the first to really compete with um, ka- kamaka ukuleles. And kamaka ukuleles is like the godfather of ukuleles for Hawaii because they've been they've been around over a hundred years. And um, and they've they've been um, there are the you know the pinnacle of ukuleles for so long 
And then now you have companies such as Koaloa that comes out and starts producing some great instruments as well. And so, um, and they're so good as a family. And um, in Honolulu, they're at 1234 Kona Street on Oahu. Um, they, they've redesigned their, their shop so that um, every day at one o'clock, consumers could go and visit them and see how an ukulele is made from from tree to instrument and it's wow. such a great process and when you you can walk and you can see the the, the many hands that builds these beautiful instruments as you take this tour because they're they're working in real time and and you get to end up in the showroom and see and hear the quality of their instruments and of um and you get great great appreciation um when you see these luthiers build such a beautiful instrument um and their contribution to our community in hawaii as well as our ukulele community around the world and so when they saw the video and reached out to me i was very aware i already i knew um, of kolo instruments um because there was a time in my life I worked at a um, a music store that sold ukuleles, and um, and but when they reached out and and offered me a sponsorship to play the ukuleles, it was an opportunity um, I couldn't pass down, and it's been such a, sure. such a blessing ever since. Um, they really right. take care of their artists, and um, and they gave me this platform during COVID to represent them online once a week. And so, um, so I'm on the Koloa Facebook page every Friday night at um, 6 p.m. Central or 1 p.m. Hawaii time. For you, Gooch, that would be 4 p.m. Cal- uh, mm-hmm. Pacific time. Yeah, of course. And then, so I do that on every Fridays. And then uh, 7.30 Central, 5:30 Pacific. I'm out. I go to my Facebook page, and that's kind of like my little Kani Kapila, just off the cuff, just play music and see where music takes me. <laughs> kind of yeah. Well, I, I, I myself been enjoying it, and obviously I've been spreading uh, your live stream to other people. I mean, I, we have, I have friends in uh, Saudi Arabia now is, is, is watching you and. They've been messing with me and they said, when is he going to come on next? And I always got to give them the update. <laughs> but it, 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 it's been great. So now I've been posting it on my Gucci a Magician Lab page, which that helps because that's where all my connection goes to. I got from everybody, from restaurant owners to other music artists that want to follow each other. And that's the whole idea about that page is so able to kind of like spread out uh, more artists out there. And when I found you, you know, obviously I looked you up on YouTube, uh, saw a great, lot of great YouTube things on you. And I say, I'm, I'm going to keep following this guy. And I, I'm always looking forward for Fridays and Sundays for the, your live stream. And then when you're with this uh, Koa, you know, um, uh, ukulele i actually followed them too i never picked up well my my wife does and she's trying to teach me but i got these uh typical asian stubby fingers that i have a hard time playing but my wife plays a lot and the the i love koa wood because my wife actually got me a fish hook made out of koa 
and the design on a hook. I was watching actually um, Joe Guam um, last night, and he was playing with this. I kind of like made a comment about the design in that wood. It's amazing. And the speak, I mean, I'm not, I don't play myself. I'm not an artist, but I, I could, as a listener and as a audience type, I could, I could really hear the difference in different ooks out there. And I, I, I noticed a difference in that, that type of product that they have. Can you give the um, listeners out there uh, information about the um, co-op, Aloha information? Yeah, I'm happy to. Um, Koloa, yes. Um, so just just think of Koa and Aloha together. Koa Aloha, right? And um, and the beauty about them is that um, they're so Koa is like a really uh, preferred and prestige wood to use for ukuleles because of the warmth of the the tone and the quality of that hardwood and um and a lot of the koa comes from the big island because um in order to make a instrument you have to wait for the the koa tree um to die and once the tree is dead you let it age and then then you got to cut it in pieces that you can take out of the the woods and wow and for every tree that dies and and used for instruments and furniture and and things a new tree is 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 planted um to to keep that um tree alive but yeah i mean so kolo takes in ukulele it's really the the quality it's the how you really um put these woods together um how you create the mode of the ukulele most importantly, uh, how you put these braces inside of the ukulele that holds this the, the instrument together is very important. And it's such a process um, that I feel like Kolo, I really studied it down to a science to to get their sound and, and quality of their instrument out. And um, and Though, though koa is preferred and um, and it's one of those instruments that um, that you would have to save up to to purchase. But once you buy a koa instrument, it pretty much lasts forever because the wood gets better as it ages. And koa, here's an interesting fact about koa wood is that it comes from the acacia wood family, and in Acacia can be found all over Asia and all over the world, but it's only in Hawaii that it's called koa. And if you think about the climate of Hawaii being so close to the equator that we don't have to go through four seasons like the rest of the world, um, Mm -hmm. you got to imagine the wood sometimes can be a little, can have some red features, can have some orange features, some yellow features in the wood. and depending on how it's processed, it can create these wonderful tones as an instrument that is very preferred for acoustic instrument. Yes, I, like I said earlier, I could, I could hear the difference. And then I kind of like went back and replayed one of your live stream and 
Yeah, I was. I think I'm, I was really correct on that because it's like you did can tell the great sound of it. And obviously, you know, the, the the main thrust out of that is actually yourself um, as an artist. That it takes a talent um, player to actually know how to play one of those too. So, and the way that you strum yours, I'm thinking, oh my god, you'll break one fingernail. I think. <laughs> <laughs> But you know what? I, I just want to thank you for coming on um, and sharing um, this. Actually, this is a very good topic today because, you know, we went everything to talk about on this podcast on the history about spreading Aloha, how you went from the island of Hawaii to San Antonio, Texas. And I, I do have to I do have to agree with you back you up on the I mean I'm I'm from the West Coast, I'm from California, I'm a California boy. Been here since I'm gonna give away my age, uh fifty-five years. Uh and I like California, but but when you mentioned about and I agree with you because a lot of people that wanna kinda of like spread their wings a little bit more, there's a lot of artists out here, there's a lot of musicians out here in California and the whole idea is having someone like yourself that has passion in the history of your culture and being Hawaiian and taking your and and sit down out of somewhere that probably no one ever heard about Hawaiian music in San Antonio, Texas. This is all about spreading the aloha. And that's one thing that the Kalama brothers actually mentioned is that on one of their feed, their live feeds, is they did mention you that, you know, I want to give a shout out to Kainoa Kamaka out there in Texas. We're out here in California. And the one thing they, 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 they did say, and I agree with them, is we do what we do to spread the aloha. And I think that today's topic pretty much cover everything. I just wanted to, like, again, thank you for being, always being open to come on and talk to me. And um, you're my first podcast guest, or co-host, I call it. And then um, you're able to just sit down casually just to talk about everything about yourself. And hopefully I can get you on again. Maybe you can play some music on podcasts and things like that. We'll see how everything works here. But Kainoa Kamaka, I wanted to thank you for coming on. Uh, continue to be safe. I would probably have you tell everybody where you're going to be next performance at. But right now, I think it's all, uh, it's been holding off for a while. Things are opening up slowly. Uh, I know out here in California, things are opening up slowly where now artists are able to perform and kind of get back to work. But... It's still some social distancing going on. I'm uh, sure with yourself, the only thing that you need to do right now, continue doing live stream. And I had the privilege to actually meet you during this time, like you, you mentioned earlier. And it's so true that I was able to be quarantined in my own house and what else to do? I like to listen to music. And then that's how I found you. And now here we are connected now you're on my podcast show sharing some great content for my so i really appreciate you coming on kanoa but thank you for the opportunity um it's my pleasure and um and thank you for your interest and your support in my music and what i'm doing here um and as you know um 
I want to make a shout out to the Kalama brothers as well because if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have um, get to know them too. I think what they're doing is amazing. Uh, I have some mad respect for them as uh, as musicians and artists of what they're doing out there. But at the end of the day, you strip all of the things down when your talent and things that you're sharing comes from a good place and comes with such humility and respect and kindness. That's that's when you you know that you're sharing a bit of aloha from yourself. And as long as we can keep that pure and honest and and continue to do that where others can 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 be the recipient of that of that grace. Um, I find that God is working through us and I thank you for right. this talent that we are beacons of his light that we can share this music and talent that um, we've been blessed with. Yes, amen. I definitely. Well, once again, everybody, um, thank you for tuning in on the Gucci Cowell podcast show presented by Anchor FM. My guest tonight from San Antonio, Texas. Look him up again on Facebook and check him out on YouTube. Check his live feed uh, stream. It will be on Facebook um, on some Fridays. Uh, so once again, thank you again for joining me, Kanoa Kamaka. Thank you, Kanoa. Mahalo. Take care. Aloha. Aloha. North Country winner keeps it getting down. My money playing poker and I had to leave town. I'm turning back, living that old life. Welcome to the Gooch Kawa Show. I'm your host, Gooch Kawa. Today's segment is Paint the Brush. And I have a local artist guest, Anna Duke. Enderly Hyatt. Are you on, Enderly? Hi, Gary. Yes, I am. Thanks for having me. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's a beautiful day, and, and uh, Newport Beach is always a sight to be seen. <laughs> of course. Yeah, nice and cool out of Newport Beach. Well, thank you for coming on to the paintbrush segment here on the Gooch Cow Show, uh, presented by Inger FM Podcast. And... Um, I'm so happy that you are my first actual host guest on Paint the Brush and um, like to get to know about your story about uh, when was the first time that you picked picked up your paintbrush? Thank you, Gary. <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think like a lot of artists, we we start when we're a kid and we kind of find our way back to being an artist. Um, for me, I've just always done art. And when I was a little kid, my, my mom was a fine artist. So oh. I kind of learned about that from her. Mm -hmm. That was my first introduction to the art field. But um, I worked in graphic design actually for the last 13 years. And like most people, I didn't think that you could make money as an artist. Mm -hmm. And I discovered, you know, after so many people are, are, becoming successful with like social media and just all the tools that we have now for modern audience. Um, it really is a reality that people can be full-time artists. Right. Right. So like, 
you know, when I was younger, you know, I now you're into watercolors. I remember the back then, in that well, I'm older than you. I the little, <laughs> the little tin paintbrush kit where you add water to it and all that stuff. Now things like that. Did you ever start out messing around with paint like that, or? I actually started with colored pencils and I think I had a watercolor set but I it it's great that you're asking that because I think a lot of people wonder if you know you start as a kid as a watercolor artist and for me I didn't start painting with watercolor until after I broke my wrist snowboarding and I was unemployed and I you know couldn't go out and do active things and I was stuck at home and I didn't have a job at the time so I just got it into my head that I would learn how to paint with watercolors. And the way that I did it was just one day I picked up a watercolor set and started painting. And I painted for a solid month, just one piece every day. And I fell in love with it. Wow. You know, when, when we're getting into like photography or art, we always have some kind of inspiration in our life. Mm-hmm. Who, who was one of your um, artist inspiration? Wow. I mean, there's there's so many. So when I was in community college, I was inspired by um, I took art history classes because I just I loved art history. And Van Gogh was definitely for me um, very inspirational because he's just he's so loose in his style. And I think anyone can really just pick out a Van Gogh. You know, like we were so acclimated to the style that he created and his work really resonated with me. There was another French artist. Um, I can't think of his name at the moment, but he was a disabled French artist who painted a very commercial style. Uh-huh. Um, and I've always been drawn to that kind of artwork. Aside from that, I'd say like modern influences, people that I've been drawn to. Um, one of my mentors, um, Paul Van Ernick, he does... Okay. Uh, really realistic oil paintings of still lifes and I learned from him later down the line after I did watercolor I dabbled in oils a little bit and I learned from him a lot too and his work is really inspirational so when you say you dab into a little bit of oil paint I mean obviously right now you you pretty much really focus on watercolor right i mean have you you experienced yourself into the uh, oil painting yeah so um to answer your question i really do love all different mediums and i think it has to do with like my obsession with um maybe the the theory of being an artist and what that really means like for our identity. And I think every artist fixates on something and they find a medium to like express themselves and we just naturally gravitate to one over the other, you know? But I think it's all rooted in like, I I use them all to answer your question. I use them all, but um, watercolor and gouache are definitely my favorites. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, definitely explore with other mediums and I think mixed media is is really fascinating because it explores this idea of like being an artist as a performance Mm -hmm. and using those materials you're you're creating a play and a story wow so so regardless of the medium I think oils just lend themselves really well to still life and fine art but 
Right. I've definitely used my oil paintings before for illustration work. Wow. Okay. Um, so when you go out now, you know, I've been following you on Instagram and later on <laughs> we will mention about your Instagram uh, page, but um, I noticed you do a lot of landscape, a lot of floral design. Mm-hmm. Obviously you probably got really nice floral arrangement on your patio because I noticed you take pictures of your, <laughs> the floor. Yeah. And uh, I mean, in, in the area that, in, in the area that you live in too, I mean, you, um, I'm sure you're walking around and you minute you see something really nice, do you like take a picture of it on your phone? Do you take your camera out and, and pretty much, is that how you really capture your, 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 your topic of your painting that you do? <laughs> Another great question. <laughs> you're really hitting on all of them, Gary, you know, who inspired you? How, what is your process? And I think that's a great question because everyone wants to know the artist's process. Right. Um, for creating. And for me, it, it really just depends on what medium that I'm going to pick up that day. So if I'm going to paint a floral watercolor, and that's kind of my choice, uh-huh. I might, um, you know, a lot of my work comes from my actual garden, which I have my husband to thank for because he takes care of it and <laughs> he maintains it and makes it really beautiful for me. Right. <laughs> But you know, um, I, I think that's enjoyable for his part because, you know, <laughs> you want to make it nice and say, hey, maybe my wife might paint this one day. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, well, he'll yeah. go to the market and he'll buy fruit for me and he'll come home and be like, please paint this for me. <laughs> like a colorful right. fruit from the market. Oh, but yeah. Speaking he... of, yeah. Speaking of fruit, uh, I think it was last month I was on the Instagram following you. <laughs> And I think your husband brought back a dragon type fruit. Yes. Yes, he did. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I mean, I'm sure that's kind of fun for him because, you know, as as a non artist, you know, when he's out there shopping before he comes home, he said, Oh, I wonder if my wife could even paint this. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, even him, he has an eye for that capture for you to bring it home for you to even paint, right? So. Yeah, he really gets to be a part of the process, which is cool because um, he is a very left-brained analytical thinker, and I get a lot. I get a lot from him as a partner because he is very level-headed and very organized. And so when he goes out, he's tapping into that kind of creative sense and yeah. desire to see me create something, which I think is really a compliment because sometimes I just don't have any inspiration. So it's, it's great to have a partner that sometimes thinks, Hey, this would look really cool and bring it home. Right. That's right. Great. But you know what? Um, now let me guess there. I may be, I may be wrong, but mm-hmm. is your favorite color is purple? It used to be as a child. I used to really love the color purple purple. So you're spot on with that. Um, Technically, I would say my favorite color is blue, but this year, for some reason, pink is just really shouting out to me, and I don't know why. <laughs> you know, but you know what? That is that is very interesting. The reason why, because like, you, like I said, I'm very mm-hmm. observant about your work that you do, and basically, most of your painting is 
got a little purple, got a little blue, got a little pink. So I was mm-hmm. just wondering if that happens to be a one part of an artist mood type. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I think I think social media is a little bit limiting though because you know, everyone has to have like their grid look a certain way and whatnot. So I'm really thankful that mine looks cohesive naturally because I'm just drawn to that kind of a color palette, like you've noticed. And it makes me happy you noticed that because it means I'm <laughs> I am sticking within my style and, and it and it shows through my work, which is great. But you know what? The artist, I mean, it tells it all. I mean, when you paint something, you mm-hmm. kinda like um, get to know about that person and behind the artist's mind. And I think I think that's this is where I'm trying to really capture on the segment about the paintbrush segment mm-hmm. is what's really in behind the artist's mind. And I, and I think that's why I brought that question. I'm thinking mm-hmm. that's why I asked you. I said, is purple your favorite color? And you just mentioned earlier that, you know what, I, I, I like blue. Yeah, purple was mine when I was younger. But I throw in some pink. And, you know, mm-hmm. obviously you're, you're we're, we're, we're talking, I know we're discussing to, today about the what you capture of a flower or a floral or a fruit. But um, I just noticed with you that I see a lot of different types a personality that comes out of your work. And I think that's all about any type of artist out there. Do you agree? Yeah, yeah, I do. And you actually made me think of something that I think is really interesting. Um, I think the reason I use the particular colors that I use is because I I am chasing after a mood and I am chasing after a feeling. Mm -hmm. And I think one of those is, is the idea that I'm really fascinated with the idea that plants are are moving, like you know how light light moves, right? And so, I, whenever I paint, I'm trying to capture some form of mood or personality in a plant, exactly. which is odd because you don't think of that, you know, you don't really when you think of a plant, you think it's stationary, right? Right. But I think I'm really fascinated with like this idea of painting that subject over and over again in that, you know, artist dance of like realizing that you're creating something mm-hmm. while at the same time trying to reimagine an object in a new way. Right. And the way that I do it is through color. So I like how you put that way. I mean, earlier you mentioned about it's like a play, it's like a story behind it. You just mentioned right now, it's like a dance. And and that that you really hit the target <laughs> on that because you know I, I like doing photography and whatever I I have this thing called whatever you find in the viewfinder you're gonna capture it you know you <laughs> that's cap- great you're gonna capture it. I mean I cap yeah. I one of my challenges is I do capture a lot of action shots in sports and mainly mine is surfing now you know when I when I I'm out there surfing is I know. Mm-hmm. which direction a surfer is going to do to for me to even, boom, snap that capture. And I think mm-hmm. that you, as an artist, is that, you, I mean, one thing that you did is very interesting is you kind of posted it on, I, think, I believe it, two weeks ago, 
Newport Beach area had this flood problem with the highways. Um, mm-hmm. we, we have a, a very popular strippy spot called the Wedge, and you painted you painted something that exactly. I mean, okay, let's take from a floral design a still picture from an action shot, which was actually a wave. Now, how did you capture that shot? I mean, how did you paint? that wave moment yeah that that was actually a photo that I took and you're really hitting home because I I do take a lot of photos I prefer to paint things that are in front of me but we don't always have the luxury of doing that especially with a wave um because it's in motion but I took that photo actually months ago before the flood um when Colby and I were at the beach just seeing one of the swells that was coming through mm-hmm. and the waves were just really, I don't know. I'm going to use the word unique because since, since you know about surfing, um, every wave is different and right. conditions change like the form of the wave and the expression. And so for me, I was looking at the colors and and how they blended together. And I was fascinated with expressing depth in the wave through color. Right, right. And um, <laughs> it's really hard. <laughs> yeah. I'm practicing doing waves right now because I'm trying to finish a five foot by five foot uh, canvas painting of a wave. Mm-hmm. And it is so hard to paint waves and not make them look like marshmallows. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, it's a problem I have. (laughs) Right. My clouds look like marshmallows. (laughs) So, yeah, that wave painting was a study. (laughs) Right. Here's a question I like to ask. And at this point, now you're a full time artist, actually. And a lot of times, Mm -hmm. what, okay, someone that's sitting behind a desk, uh, what, five days a week, 12 hours a day, and then mm-hmm. they're thinking this weekend, oh, I want to go out and stand up paddle. What is your a way of getting away to kind of like relax and kind of like, hey, I don't want to have a paintbrush in my hand. I just want to just relax. I mean, do you have anything like that type of mood or that you go through as an artist? If I were to be honest and you ask my husband, I, I can literally just paint like all the time and be happy but okay if you mean because you know as a full-time artist you work for clients and you have other work and so I'm not always painting um I try to develop ideas every single day that go towards pattern design or go towards like a fine art project or a painting that I want to develop but a lot of my day does involve like admin and being at a computer Mm-hmm. So your question is very appropriate because um, I do go surfing quite a lot with my husband to be active and just completely remove myself from my work. Because I do work from home, so it's like your work is always here. Right. <laughs> so surfing surfing would be like the unplug that um, that we do together as a couple and okay. I get to disconnect. Okay. Yeah. Out of all fairness, okay, I, I, I see where you're getting <laughs> But I could paint night and day. I could paint, like, all day, every day. <laughs> okay, but, okay, here, here's, here's, another, here's another fair question. is When we surf, mm-hmm. everything that you guys catch away, I'm sure you're not thinking about something about 
at home or you think about a painting, but now I understand that you do some stand-up paddling. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I do. Okay. So, yeah, I actually stand-up paddle surf, so um, okay. we, we paddle in the bay sometimes, but we mostly paddle in the ocean and surf, so okay. yeah. Okay, let's let's take this now. Now, see, I'm I'm trying to <laughs> dig, I'm trying to really dig deep into an artist's mind, and that and what I'm trying to get at is that when you're on the still water, now the area like let's say a marina, and you're stand up paddling, are you thinking about anything that you see in someone's like you, you? I mean, I'm sure you're paddling by these nice homes that has a dock, probably a nice garden. Are you <laughs> thinking at that moment? about some kind of painting kept that oh i want to do that when i get home yeah okay. yeah definitely yeah. i mean when i'm surfing not so much but when i um, right pretty much all throughout the day i see things that i want to capture just like the photographer's eye like you right you see so many things that you want to capture and some sort of some sort of essence exactly now, if anybody mm -hmm. out there want to follow um, Annalie Hyatt, but by the way, um, Annalie Hyatt has on Instagram. You, do you want to, why don't you share your Instagram uh, IG? Uh, uh, yeah. Idol. Yes. Thank you, Gary. Uh, so if you want to follow me, my handle is dreamin.color. And I also have a Patreon account. So i I've been invited to teach some courses in the local community on like digital art and everything. So I've been developing my Patreon account so that I can open it up to a wider audience and people can learn more about just watercolor and digital art and all of it. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll have some courses on Patreon. So you can find me there. My handle on there is Andalie M. So it's patreon.com slash Andalie M. Nice, nice. So then um, as a full-time artist now, obviously you made this into, the, into a business type. Uh, do you sell some of your work? Do you enter a lot of these trade shows? Obviously right now that we're, we are not able to get out there to show our work. But what, what have you been doing before the COVID-19 started? Yeah, definitely. That's a great question. Because for me, it kind of um, grew into the trade show business. And it, it started with me having an Etsy store where I did uh, portraits on mugs, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. That's where my business kind of began and I was working full time. Um, and then when I went back to my Etsy business a few years later, um, I started just doing my watercolor art and then surface pattern design. So um, for me, it's multiple things. So I have, I have a course on Skillshare. Um, I sell my art on Etsy and then also on my personal website. I have, um, I'm, I, you probably saw, but I just posted the new face mask that I developed. Um, I'm putting my art on products now. And then I also have personal clients. So I do a lot of logo rebranding. Um, I get approached for that a lot because people see my style and they want to have that right. kind of, right. you know, that mood um, embedded in their brand because it fits for them. So I get approached a lot for branding. And um, yeah, I think that's about it. Uh, now, if I can, if I have, uh, so let's say I want you to do, uh, 
maybe some okay let me let me take this how about a kind of like a nice napkin or what out of material not a paper napkin but let's say a napkin that i want to maybe display in my wife's kitchen or my wife and i want to come to you and and have you design something that's something that you can do yeah, definitely. So I sell fine art prints. It just uh, depends on the type of product. And um, I've had clients approach me for that kind of thing, too, where they maybe they want a promotional item or a print or a stationary card, and they just want something custom. So I can actually order those for, okay. you know, one-off commissions. Yeah. You mentioned about a website. Um, can you um, tell the folks out there about what is your website is? Yeah, so my Andaly, it's AndalyHyatt.com, and I basically have my portfolio and a lot of my current illustration work on there. And mm -hmm. I have a section where if you want phone cases or you know face masks, I'm actually going to get into other types of products, and I'm I'm kind of excited. I haven't really announced this on my social, but. I really want to do pillows, like throw pillows. Okay. Um, I think I have some floral designs for that that I'm really excited about. But um, yeah, most of my work is on that website. But all of my current projects I share on Instagram. And then a lot of it I um, share on Patreon first so that patrons get to see that content first, basically. Right. Okay. Okay. Awesome. So mm -hmm. what... What is the future? Any type of uh, project that's coming ahead for Andalie? Definitely. I am actually really excited about developing my stationary card line. And I got my stationary card displays yesterday and we assembled them. So I'm in the process. Looks like we kind of uh, lost Andy Lee there. But I just want to thank you for coming on tonight. Um, this is, of course, the segment called The Paintbrush. And Anna Lee Hyatt, as you, as you could mention. And then I will have some more details on her Instagram. So I just want to thank you all for joining in for our Gutchkawa on the Gutchkawa show of the paintbrush. So enjoy everybody and thank you. I'm going to leave this song with it's called Wagon Wheel by the artist out of Guam, Joe Guam. Headed down south to the land of the pine. Coming my way in the North Carolina. Staring down the road and pray to God I see headlines. I made it down the coast in 17 hours, picking me a bouquet of dogwood flowers. I'm hoping for Riley, I could see my baby tonight. So rock me, mama, like a wagon wheel. Rock me, mama, in a way you feel. Again, this is the Gooch Cower Show. I'm your host, Gooch Cower, presented by Anchor FM Podcast. Thank you for joining in. Coming up this Saturday, Kumu Olani 
Thank you for tuning in. Again, this is Gooch Kawa of the Gooch Kawa Show. Hi, Gary. Yes, I am. Thanks for having me. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's a beautiful day, and, and uh, Newport Beach is always a sight to be seen. <laughs> of course, yeah. Nice and cool out of Newport Beach. Well, thank you for coming on to the paintbrush segment here on the Gooch Cowboy Show, uh, presented by Anchor FM Podcast. And um, I'm so happy that you are my first actual host guest on Paint the Brush and um, like to get to know about your story about uh, when was the first time that you picked picked up your paintbrush? <laughs> Thank you, Gary. <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think like a lot of artists, we, we start when we're a kid and we kind of find our way back to being an artist. Um, for me, I've just always done art. And when I was a little kid, my, my mom was a fine artist. So oh. I kind of learned about that from her. Mm-hmm. That was my first introduction to the art field. But um, I worked in graphic design actually for the last 13 years. And like most people, I didn't think that you could make money as an artist. Mm-hmm. And I discovered, you know, after so many people are, are becoming successful with like social media and just all the tools that we have now for modern audience. Um, it really is a reality that people can be full-time artists. Right. Right. So like, you know, when I was younger, you know, I, I know you're into watercolors. I remember the back then in that, well, I'm older than you. I, the little, <laughs> little tin paintbrush kit where you add water to it and all this stuff now things like that did you ever start out messing around with paint like that or I actually started with colored pencils and I think I had a watercolor set but I it, it's great that you're asking that because I think a lot of people wonder if you know you start as a kid as a watercolor artist and for me I didn't start painting with watercolor until after I broke my wrist snowboarding and I was unemployed and I, you know, couldn't go out and do active things and I was stuck at home and I didn't have a job at the time. So I just got it into my head that I would learn how to paint with watercolors. And the way that I did it was just one day I picked up a watercolor set and started painting and I painted for a solid month, just one piece every day. And I fell in love with it. Wow. You know, when, when, when we're getting into like photography or art, we always have some kind of inspiration in our life. Mm-hmm. Who, who was one of your um, artist's inspiration? Wow. I mean, there's, there's so many. So when I was in community college, I was inspired by, um, I took art history classes because I just, I loved art history. And Van Gogh was definitely, for me, um, very inspirational because he's just, he's so loose in his style. And I think anyone can really just pick out a Van Gogh. You know, like we were so acclimated to the style that he created. And his work really resonated with me. There was another French artist, um, 
I can't think of his name at the moment, but he was a disabled French artist who painted a very commercial style. Mm -hmm. um, and I've always been drawn to that kind of artwork. Aside from that, I'd say like modern influences, people that I've been drawn to. Um, one of my mentors, um, Paul Van Ernick, he does uh, really realistic oil paintings of still lifes. And I learned from him later down the line after I did watercolor. I dabbled in oils a little bit and I learned from him a lot too. And his work is really inspirational. So when you say you dab into a little bit of oil paint, I mean, obviously right now you, you pretty much really focus on watercolor. Right. I mean, have you you experienced yourself into the uh, oil painting? Yeah. So um, to answer your question, I really do love all different mediums, and I think it has to do with like my obsession with um, maybe the the theory of being an artist and what that really means, like for our identity. And I think every artist fixates on something, and they find a medium to like express themselves and we just naturally gravitate to one over the other you know but i think it's all rooted in like I, I use them all to answer your question i use them all but um watercolor and gouache are definitely my favorites um but i definitely explore with other mediums and i think mixed media is is really fascinating because it explores this idea of like being an artist as a performance mm -hmm. and using those materials you're you're creating a play and a story wow so so regardless of the medium i think oils just lend themselves really well to still life and fine art but right. i've definitely used my oil paintings before for illustration work wow okay um so when you go out now you know i've been following you on instagram but later on <laughs> we will mention about your instagram uh page but um I noticed you do a lot of landscape, a lot of floral design. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you probably got really nice floral arrangement on your patio because I noticed you take pictures of your <laughs> the floor. Yeah. And uh, I mean, in, in the area that in, in the area that you live in, too. I mean, you, um, I'm sure you're walking around and you the minute you see something really nice, do you like take a picture of it on your phone? Do you take your camera out and, and pretty much is that how you? really capture your, your 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 topic of your painting that you do <laughs> another great question <laughs> you're really hitting on all of them gary you know who inspired you how what is your process and i think that's a great question because everyone wants to know the artist's process right um, for creating and for me it it really just depends on what medium that I'm gonna pick up that day. So if I'm gonna paint a floral watercolor and that's kind of my choice, uh -huh. I might, um, you know, a lot of my work comes from my actual garden, which I have my husband to thank for because he takes care of it and yeah. <laughs> he maintains it and makes it really beautiful for me. <laughs> but you know, um, I, I think that's enjoyable for his part because, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you want to make it nice and say, hey, maybe my wife might paint this one day. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, well, he'll yeah. go to the market and he'll buy fruit for me and he'll come home and be like, please paint this for me. <laughs> like a colorful right. fruit from the market. 
Oh, but yeah. Speaking of, yeah. Speaking of fruit, um, I think it was last month I was on the Instagram following you, <laughs> and I think your husband brought back a dragon type fruit. Yes. Yes, he did. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm sure that's kind of fun for him because you know, as as a non-artist. You know, when he's out there shopping before he comes home, he said, oh, I wonder if my wife could even paint this. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, even him, he has an eye for that capture for you to bring it home for you to even paint, right? So, Yeah, he really gets to be a part of the process, which is cool because um, he is a very left-brained analytical thinker. And I get a lot, I get a lot from him as a partner because he is very level-headed and very organized and so when he goes out he's tapping into that kind of creative sense and desire to see me create something which I think is really a compliment because sometimes I just don't have any inspiration so it's it's great to have a partner that sometimes thinks hey this would look really cool and bring it home that's great but you know what um now let me guess there. I may be I may be wrong, but mm-hmm. is your favorite color is purple? It used to be as a child. I used to really love the color purple. Purple. So you're spot on with that. Um, technically, I would say my favorite color is blue, but this year for some reason pink is just really shouting out to me, and I don't know why. <laughs> You know, but you know what? That is that is very interesting. The reason why, like, you, like I said, I'm very I'm observant about your work that you do, and basically most of your painting is got a little purple, got a little blue, got a little pink. So I was mm-hmm. just wondering if that happens to be a one a part of an artist mood type. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I think. I think social media is a little bit limiting though because you know everyone has to have like their grid look a certain way and whatnot so I'm really thankful that mine looks cohesive naturally because I'm just drawn to that kind of a color palette like you've noticed and it makes me happy you noticed that because it means I'm (laughs) I am sticking within my style and and it and it shows through my work which is great but you know what? The artist, I mean, it tells it all. I mean, when you paint something, you mm-hmm. kind of like um, get to know about that person and behind the artist's mind. And I think I think that's, this is where I'm trying to really capture on the segment about the paintbrush segment mm-hmm. is what's really in behind the artist's mind. And I, and I think that's why I brought up that question. I'm thinking, Mm-hmm. That's why I asked you. I said, "Is purple your favorite color?" And you, you just mentioned earlier that you know what I, I I like blue. Yeah, purple was mine when I was younger, but I throw in some pink. And you know, obviously, you're, you're we're we're, we're talking. I know we're discussing t- today about the what you capture of a flower or a floral or a fruit. But um, I just noticed with you that I see a lot of different types of personality that comes out of your work. And I think that's all about any type of artist out there. Do you agree? Yeah, yeah, I do. And you actually made me think of something that I think is really interesting. Um, 
I think the reason I use the particular colors that I use is because I, I am chasing after a mood and I am chasing after a feeling. And I think one of those is, is the idea that I'm really fascinated with the idea that plants are, are moving. Like, you know how light, light moves? Right. And so whenever I paint, I'm trying to capture some form of mood or personality in a plant. Exactly. Which is odd because you don't think of that, you know, you don't really, when you think of a plant, you think it's stationary, right? Right. But I think I'm really fascinated with like this idea of painting that subject over and over again in that, you know, artist dance of like realizing that you're creating something mm-hmm. while at the same time trying to reimagine an object in a new way. Right. And the way that I do it is through color, so... I like how you put that way. I mean, earlier you mentioned about it's like a play, it's like a story behind it. You just mentioned right now, it's like a dance. And and that, that you really hit the target <laughs> on that because, you know, I, I like to do photography. And whatever I, I have this thing called whatever you find in the bead finder, you're going to capture it. You know, you, you're gonna <laughs> that's capture, great. You're going to capture it. I mean, I cap, yeah. I, one of my challenges. I do capture a lot of action shots in sports, and mainly mine is surfing. Now, you know, when I when I I'm out there surfing, is I know mm-hmm. which direction a surfer is gonna do to, for me to even boom snap that capture. And I think mm-hmm. that you, as an artist, is that I mean, one thing that you did is very interesting. Is you kind of posted it on I, think, I believe it two weeks ago. Newport Beach area had this flood problem with the highways. Um, mm-hmm. We have a, a very popular surfing spot called the Wedge, and you painted you painted something that exactly. I mean, okay, let's take from a floral design a still picture from an action shot, which was actually a wave. Now, how did you capture that shot? I mean, how did you paint? that yeah that that was actually a photo that I took and you're really hitting home because I I do take a lot of photos I prefer to paint things that are in front of me but we don't always have the luxury of doing that especially with a wave um because it's in motion but I took that photo actually months ago before the flood um when Colby and I were at the beach just seeing one of the swells that was coming through mm-hmm. and the waves were just really, I don't know, I'm going to use the word unique because since, since you know about surfing, um, every wave is different and right. conditions change like the form of the wave and the expression. And so for me, I was looking at the colors and and how they blended together. And I was fascinated with expressing depth in the wave through color. Right, right. And um, <laughs> it's really hard. <laughs> yeah. I'm practicing doing waves right now because I'm trying to finish a five foot by five foot uh, canvas painting of a wave. Mm-hmm. And it is so hard to paint waves and not make them look like marshmallows. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, that's a problem I have. (laughs) Right. My clouds look like marshmallows. (laughs) (laughs) 
So yeah, that wave painting was a study. (laughs) Right. Here's a question I like to ask, and at this point now, you're a full-time artist, actually. And a lot of times, Mm -hmm. what, okay, someone that's sitting behind a desk, uh, what, five days a week, 12 hours a day, and then Mm -hmm. they're thinking this weekend, oh, I want to go out and stand up paddle. What is your a way of getting away to kind of like relax and kind of like, hey, I don't want to have a paintbrush in my hand. I just want to just relax. I mean, do you have anything like that type of mood or that you go through as an artist? If I were to be honest and you ask my husband, I, I can literally just paint like all the time and be happy. But okay. if you mean, because you know, as a full-time artist, you work for clients and you have other work and so I'm not always painting um I try to develop ideas every single day that go towards pattern design or go towards like a fine art project or a painting that I want to develop but a lot of my day does involve like admin and being at a computer Mm -hmm. so your question is very appropriate because um I do go surfing quite a lot with my husband to be active and just completely remove myself from my work because i do work from home so it's like your work is always here right (laughs) so surfing surfing would be like the unplug that um that we do together as a couple and i get to disconnect okay yeah (laughs) but i could paint night and day (laughs) i could paint like all day every day (laughs) okay but okay here here's 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 another fair question is, when we surf, mm-hmm. everything that you guys catch the waves, I'm sure you're not thinking about something at, at, at home or you think about a painting, but now I understand that you do some stand-up paddling. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I do. Okay. So, yeah, I actually stand-up paddle surf, so um, okay. we, we paddle in the bay sometimes, but we mostly paddle in the ocean and surf, so okay. yeah. Okay, let's let's take this now. Now, see, I'm I'm trying to really dig, I'm trying to really dig deep into an artist's mind, and that, and what I'm trying to get at is that when you're on the still water, now the area like let's say a marina, and you're stand up paddling, are you thinking about anything that you see in someone's like you, you? I mean, I'm sure you're paddling by these nice homes that has a dog, probably a nice garden. Are you mm-hmm. thinking at that moment? about some kind of painting kept that oh i want to do that when i get home yeah yeah definitely i mean when i'm surfing not so much but when i um right pretty much all throughout the day i see things that i want to capture just like the photographer's eye like you right you see so many things that you want to capture and some sort of some sort of essence exactly now, if anybody mm-hmm. out there want to follow um, Annalie Hyatt, but by the way, um, Annalie Hyatt has on Instagram. You, do you want to? Why don't you share your Instagram uh, IG? Uh, uh, yeah. Idol. Yes. Thank you, Gary. Uh, so, if you want to follow me, my handle is dreamin.color. and I also have a Patreon account. So I. I've been invited to teach some courses in the local community on like digital art and everything. So I've been developing my Patreon account so that I can open it up to a wider audience and people can learn more about just watercolor and digital art and all of it. 
Um, so I'll have some courses on Patreon. So you can find me there. My handle on there is Andaly M. So it's patreon.com slash Andaly M. Nice, nice. So then, um, as a full-time artist now, obviously you made this into, into a business type. Uh, do you sell some of your work? Do you enter a lot of these trade shows? Obviously right now that we're, we are not able to get out there to our work but what what have you been doing before the COVID-19 started yeah definitely that's a great question because for me it kind of um grew into the trade show business and it it started with me having an Etsy store where I did uh portraits on mugs to be honest with you Mm -hmm. that's where my business kind of began and I was working full-time Um, And then when I went back to my Etsy business a few years later, um, I started just doing my watercolor art and then surface pattern design. So um, for me, it's multiple things. So I have have a course on Skillshare. Um, I sell my art on Etsy and then also on my personal website. I have... um, I'm, I, you probably saw, but I just posted the new face mask that I developed. Um, I'm putting my art on products now. And then I also have personal clients. So I do a lot of logo rebranding. Um, I get approached for that a lot because people see my style and they want to have that kind of, you know, that mood. Um, embedded in their brand because it fits for them. So I get approached a lot for branding. And um, yeah, I think that's about it. Yeah, uh, now, if I can, if I have, uh, so let's say I want you to do uh, maybe some. Okay, let me let me take this. How about a kind of like a nice napkin or what, out of material, not a paper napkin, but let's say a napkin that I want to maybe display in my wife's kitchen, or my wife and I want to come to you. And, and have you design something. Is that something that you can do? Yeah, definitely. So I sell fine art prints. It just uh, depends on the type of product. And um, I've had clients approach me for that kind of thing too, where they maybe they want a promotional item or a print or a stationary card and they just want something custom. So I can actually order those for, okay. you know, one-off commissions, yeah. You mentioned about a website. Um, can you um, tell the folks out there about what is your website is? Yeah, so my Andaly, it's andalyhyatt.com and I basically have my portfolio and a lot of my current illustration work on there. And I have a section where if you want phone cases or you know face masks, I'm actually going to get into other types of products and I'm I'm kind of excited. I haven't really announced this on my social, but I really want to do pillows, like throw pillows. Okay. Um, I think I have some floral designs for that that I'm really excited about. But um, yeah, most of my work is on that website, but all of my current projects I share on Instagram and then a lot of it I um, share on Patreon first so that patrons get to see that content first, basically. Right. Okay. Okay. Awesome. So, mm-hmm. what what is the future? Any type of uh, project that's coming ahead for Andalie? 
Definitely. I am actually really excited about developing my stationary card line. And I got my stationary card displays yesterday and we assembled them. So I'm in the process. Looks like we kind of uh, lost hand the lead there. But I just want to thank you for coming on tonight. Um, this is, of course, the segment called The Paintbrush. And Annalie hide it, as you, as you could mention. And then I will have some more details on your Instagram. So I just want to thank you all for joining in for our Gutchkawa on the Gutchkawa show of the paintbrush so enjoy everybody and thank you i'm gonna leave this song with it's called wagon wheel by the artist out of guam joe guam headed down south to the land of the pine coming my way in north carolina staring down the road and pretty god i see headlines Made it down the coast in 17 hours, picking me a bouquet of dogwood flowers. Hoping for Riley, I could see my baby tonight. So rock me, mama, like a wagon wheel. Rock me, mama, in a way you feel. Again, this is the Good Cower Show. I'm your host, Good Cower, presented by Anchor FM Podcast. Thank you for joining in. Coming up this Saturday, Kumu Olani from Ka Olani Palau out of Mission Bay Ho. Thank you for tuning in. Again, this is Gooch Kawa of the Gooch Kawa Show. Coming my way in the North Carolina, staring down the road and pray to God I see headlines. I made it down the coast in 17 hours, picking me a bouquet of dogwood flowers. Hoping for Riley, I could see my baby tonight. So rock me, mama, like a wagon wheel. Rock me, mama, in the way you feel. Hey, mama, rock me. Rock me, mama, like the wind and the rain. Rock me, mama, like a southbound train. Hey, mama, rock me. Cool. 
island. My baby plays keyboard. I pick this ukulele now. North Country winter keeps it getting down. My money playing poker and I had to leave town. I turn them back. Welcome to the Gooch Kawa Show. I'm your host, Gooch Kawa. Today's segment is Paint the Brush. And I have a local artist guest, Adam Emily Hyatt. Are you on, Emily? Hi, Gary. Yes, I am. Thanks for having me. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's a beautiful day, and, and uh, Newport Beach is always a sight to be seen. <laughs> Yeah, nice and cool out of Newport Beach. Well, thank you for coming on to the paintbrush segment here on the Gooch Cowboy Show, uh, presented by Anchor FM Podcast. And um, I'm so happy that you are my first actual host guest on Paint the Brush, and um, like to get to know about your story about uh, when was the first time that you picked picked up your paintbrush thank you gary yeah that's a great question um i think like a lot of artists we we start when we're a kid and we kind of find our way back to being an artist um for me i've just always done art and when i was a little kid my my mom was a fine artist so i kind of learned about that from her Mm -hmm. that was my first introduction to the art field but um I worked in graphic design actually for the last 13 years. And like most people, I didn't think that you could make money as an artist. Mm -hmm. And I discovered, you know, after so many people are, are becoming successful with like social media and just all the tools that we have now for modern audience. um, It really is a reality that people can be full-time artists. Right. Right. So, like, you know, when I was younger, you know, I, now you're into watercolors. I remember the back then, and that, well, I'm older than you. I, the little, <laughs> the little tin paintbrush kit where you add water to it and all that stuff, now things like that. Did you ever start out messing around with paint like that? Or, I actually started with, colored pencils and i think i had a watercolor set but i it it's great that you're asking that because i think a lot of people wonder if you know you start as a kid as a watercolor artist and for me i didn't start painting with watercolor until after i broke my wrist snowboarding and i was unemployed and i you know couldn't go out and do active things and i was stuck at home and i didn't have a job at the time so i just got it into my head that I would learn how to paint with watercolors. And the way that I did it was just one day I picked up a watercolor set and started painting. And I painted for a solid month, just one piece every day. And I fell in love with it. Wow. You know, when when we're getting into like photography or art, we always have some kind of inspiration in our life. Mm-hmm. Who, who was one of your um, artist inspiration? That's Wow. I mean, there's, there's so many. So when I was in community college, I was inspired by, um, I took art history classes cause I just, I loved art history and Van Gogh was definitely for me, um, very inspirational because he's just, 
he's so loose in his style. And I think anyone can really just pick out a Van Gogh. You know, like we were so acclimated to the style that he created. And his work really resonated with me. There was another French artist. Um, I can't think of his name at the moment, but he was a disabled French artist who painted a very commercial style. Uh Um, And I've always been drawn to that kind of artwork. Aside from that, I'd say like modern influences, people that I've been drawn to. Um, One of my mentors, um, Paul Van Ernick, he does uh, really realistic oil paintings of still lifes. And I learned from him later down the line after I did watercolor. I dabbled in oils a little bit and I learned from him a lot too. And his work is really inspirational. So when you say you dab into a little bit of oil paint, I mean, obviously right now you you pretty much really focus on watercolor, right? I mean, have you, you experienced yourself into the uh, oil painting? Yeah. So um, to answer your question, I really do love all different mediums. And I think it has to do with like my obsession with um, maybe the, the theory of being an artist and what that really means, like for our identity. And I think every artist fixates on something and they find a medium to like express themselves. And we just naturally gravitate to one over the other, you know, but I think it's all rooted in like, I I use them all to answer your question. I use them all, but, um, watercolor and gouache are definitely my favorites. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, definitely explore with other mediums and I think mixed media is is really fascinating because it explores this idea of like being an artist as a performance Mm. and using those materials you're you're creating a play and a story wow so so regardless of the medium I think oils just lend themselves really well to still life and fine art but Right. I've definitely used my oil paintings before for illustration work. Wow. Okay. Um, so when you go out now, you know, I've been following you on Instagram and later on, <laughs> we will mention about your Instagram uh, page, but um, I noticed you do a lot of landscape, a lot of floral design. Mm-hmm. Obviously you probably got really nice floral arrangement on your patio because I noticed you take pictures of your <laughs> the floor. Yeah. And I, I mean in, in the area that in, in the area that you live in too, I mean you um I'm sure you're walking around and you minute you see something really nice, do you like take a picture of it on your phone? Do you take your camera out and, and pretty much is that how you really capture your 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 topic of your painting that you do? <laughs> Another great question. <laughs> You're really hitting on all of them, Gary. You know, who inspired you? How? What is your process? And I think that's a great question because everyone wants to know the artist's process right. um, for creating. And for me, it, it really just depends on what medium that I'm going to pick up that day. So if I'm going to paint a floral watercolor, and that's kind of my choice, uh-huh. I might... Um, you know, a lot of my work comes from my actual garden, which I have my husband to thank for because he takes care of it and yeah. <laughs> he maintains it and makes it really beautiful for me. <laughs> but you know, um, I, I think that's enjoyable for his part because 
know, <laughs> you want to make it nice and say, hey, maybe my wife might paint this one day. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, well, he'll yeah. go to the market and he'll buy fruit for me and he'll come home and be like, please paint this for me. <laughs> like a colorful right. fruit from the market. Oh, but yeah. Speaking he... of, yeah. Speaking of fruit, uh, I think it was last month I was on the Instagram following you. <laughs> and I think your husband brought back a dragon type fruit. Yes. Like, yes, he did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure that's kind of fun for him because, you know, as as a non-artist, you know, when he's out there shopping before he comes home, he said, oh, I wonder if my wife could even paint this. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, even him, he has the eye for that capture for you to bring it home for you to even paint, right? So. Yeah, <laughs> he really gets to be a part of the process, which is cool because, um he is a very left-brained analytical thinker and I get a lot I get a lot from him as a partner because he is very level-headed and very organized and so when he goes out he's tapping into that kind of creative sense and yeah. desire to see me create something which I think is really a compliment because sometimes I just don't have any inspiration so it's it's great to have a partner that sometimes thinks, hey, this would look really cool and bring it home. That's right. great. But you know what? Um, now, let me guess there. I may be, I may be wrong, but mm-hmm. is your favorite color is purple? It used to be as a child. I used to really love the color purple. purple. So you're spot on with that. Um Technically, I would say my favorite color is blue, but this year, for some reason, pink is just really shouting out to me, and I don't know why. <laughs> you know, but you know what? That is that is very interesting. The reason why, because like, you, like I said, I'm mm-hmm. very um, observant about your work that you do, and basically, most of your painting is got a little purple, got a little blue, got a little pink. So I was mm-hmm. just wondering if that happens to be a one of part of an artist mood type. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I think I think social media is a little bit limiting though, because you know everyone has to have like their grid look a certain way and whatnot. So I'm really thankful that mine looks cohesive naturally because I'm just drawn to that kind of a color palette, like you've noticed. And it makes me happy you noticed that because it means I'm, <laughs> I am sticking within my style and, and it, and it shows through my work, which is great. But you know what? The artist, I mean, it tells it all. I mean, when you paint something, you mm-hmm. kind of like um, get to know about that person and behind the artist's mind. And I think, I think that's, this is where I'm trying to really capture on the segment about the paintbrush segment mm-hmm. is what's really in behind the artist's mind and I, and I think that's why I brought that question I'm thinking mm-hmm. that's why I asked you I said is purple your favorite color and you, you just mentioned earlier that you know what I, I, I like blue yeah purple was mine when I was younger but I throw in some pink and you know mm-hmm. obviously you're, you're we're, we're, we're talking I know we're discussing to, today about the what you capture of a flower or a floral or a fruit but um, I just noticed with you that I see a lot of different types 
a personality that comes out of your work. And I think that's all about any type of artist out there. Do you agree? Yeah, yeah, I do. And you actually made me think of something that I think is really interesting. Um, I think the reason I use the particular colors that I use is because I, I am chasing after a mood and I am chasing after a feeling. Mm -hmm. And I think one of those is, is the idea that I'm really fascinated with the idea that plants are, are moving. Like, you know how light, light moves. Right. And so whenever I paint, I'm trying to capture some form of mood or personality in a plant, exactly. which is odd because you don't think of that, you know, you don't really, when you think of a plant, you think it's stationary, right? right. But I think I'm really fascinated with like this idea of painting that subject over and over again in that, you know, artist dance of like realizing that you're creating something mm-hmm. while at the same time trying to reimagine an object in a new way right and the way that i do it is through color so i like how you put that way i mean earlier you mentioned about it's like a play it's like a story behind it you just mentioned right now it's like a dance and and that 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 you really hit the target (laughs) on that because you know i I like doing (laughs) photography and whatever i I have this thing called whatever you find in the viewfinder, you're going to capture it. You know, you're, you're gonna <laughs> that's cap- great. You're going to capture it. I mean, I kept, yeah. one of my challenges is I do capture a lot of action shots in sports and mainly mine is surfing. Now, you know, when I, when I, I'm out there surfing is I know mm-hmm. which direction a surfer is going to do to for me to even boom, snap that capture. And I think mm-hmm. that you as an artist is that, I mean, one thing that you did is very interesting is you kind of posted it on, I, think, I believe it two weeks ago, Newport Beach area had this flood problem with the high waves. Um, mm-hmm. We have a, a very popular spot called the Wedge. And you painted, you painted something that exactly, I mean, Okay, let's take from a floral design a still picture from an action shot, which was actually a wave. Now, how did you capture that shot? I mean, how did you paint that wave moment? Yeah, that that was actually a photo that I took. And you're really hitting home because I, I do take a lot of photos. I prefer to paint things that are in front of me but we don't always have the luxury of doing that especially with a wave um because it's in motion but i took that photo actually months ago before the flood um when colby and i were at the beach just seeing one of the swells that was coming through Mm -hmm. and the waves were just really i don't know i'm going to use the word unique because since since you know about surfing um every wave is different and conditions change like the form of the wave and the expression. And so for me, I was looking at the colors and, and how they blended together. And I was fascinated with expressing depth in the wave through color. Right. Right. And, um, it's really hard. <laughs> yeah. I'm practicing doing waves right now because I'm trying to finish a five foot by five foot uh, canvas painting of a wave. 
-hmm. And it is so hard to paint waves and not make them look like marshmallows. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's a problem I have. (laughs) Right. My clouds look like marshmallows. (laughs) So, so yeah, that wave painting was a study. (laughs) Right. Here's a question I like to ask. And at this point, now you're a full time artist, actually. And a lot of times, Mm -hmm. what, okay, someone that's sitting behind a desk, uh, what, five days a week, 12 hours a day, and then Mm -hmm. they're thinking this weekend, oh, I want to go out and stand up paddle. What is your a way of getting away to kind of like relax and kind of like, hey, I don't want to have a paintbrush in my hand. I just want to just relax. I mean, do you have anything like that type of mood or that you go through as an artist? If I were to be honest and you ask my husband, I I can literally just paint like all the time and be happy. But okay. if you mean... Because, you know, as a full-time artist, you work for clients and you have other work. And so I'm not always painting. Um, I try to develop ideas every single day that go towards pattern design or go towards, like, a fine art project or a painting that I want to develop. But a lot of my day does involve, like, admin and being at a computer. Mm-hmm. So your question is very appropriate because um, I do go surfing quite a lot with my husband to be active and just completely remove myself from my work. Cause I do work from home. So it's like your work is always here. Right. <laughs> so surfing, surfing would be like the unplug that, um, that we do together as a couple and okay. we get to disconnect. Okay. Yeah. Out of all fairness. Okay. I, I, I see what you're <laughs> But I could at. paint night and day. <laughs> I could paint like all day, every day. <laughs> okay. But okay. Here, here's, here is another <laughs> Here's another fair question is when we surf, mm-hmm. everything that you guys catch the wave, I'm sure you're not thinking about something at, at, about at home or you think about a painting, but now I understand that you do some stand-up paddling. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I do. Okay. So, yeah, I actually stand-up paddle surf, so um, okay. we, we paddle in the bay sometimes, but we mostly paddle in the ocean and surf, so okay. yeah. Okay, let's let's take this now. Now, see, I'm I'm trying to dig, <laughs> I'm trying to really dig deep into an artist's mind, and that and what I'm trying to get at is that when you're on the still water, now the area like let's say a marina, and you're stand up paddling, are you thinking about anything that you see in someone's like you, you? I mean, I'm sure you're paddling by these nice homes that has a dog, probably a nice garden. Are you <laughs> thinking at that moment? about some kind of painting kept that oh i want to do that when i get home yeah yeah definitely i mean when i'm surfing not so much but when i um right pretty much all throughout the day i see things that i want to capture just like the photographer's eye like you right you see so many things that you want to capture and some sort of some sort of essence exactly now, if anybody mm-hmm. out there want to follow um, Annalie Hyatt, but by, by the way, um, Annalie Hyatt has on Instagram. You, do you want to? Why don't you share your Instagram uh, IG? Uh, uh, yeah. Idol. Yes. Thank you, Gary. Uh, so, if you want to follow me, my handle is dreamin.color. and I also have a Patreon account. So I. 
I've been invited to teach some courses in the local community on like digital art and everything. So I've been developing my Patreon account so that I can open it up to a wider audience and people can learn more about just watercolor and digital art and all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll have some courses on Patreon. So you can find me there. My handle on there is Andalie M. So it's patreon.com slash Andalie M. Nice, nice. So then, um, as a full-time artist now, obviously you made this into the, into a business type. Uh, do you sell some of your work? Do you enter a lot of these trade shows? Obviously, right now that we're, we are not able to get out there to show our work. But what what have you been doing before the COVID nineteen started? Yeah, definitely. That's a great question. Because for me, it kind of um, grew into the trade show business. And it it started with me having an Etsy store where I did uh, portraits on mugs, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. That's where my business kind of began. And I was working full time. Um, And then when I went back to my Etsy business, a few years later, um, I started just doing my watercolor art and then surface pattern design. So um, for me, it's multiple things. So I have I have a course on Skillshare. Um, I sell my art on Etsy and then also on my personal website. I have, um, I'm, I, you probably saw, but I just posted the new face mask that I developed. Um, I'm putting my art on products now. And then I also have personal clients. So I do a lot of logo rebranding. Um, I get approached for that a lot because people see my style and they want to have that kind of, you know, that mood um, embedded in their brand because it fits for them. So I get approached a lot for branding. And um, yeah, I think that's about it. Uh, now, if I can't, if I have, uh, so let's say I want you to do um, maybe some. Okay, let me let me take this. How about a, a kind of like a nice napkin or what out of material, not a paper napkin, but let's say a napkin that I want to maybe display in my wife's kitchen, or my wife and I want to come to you and and have you design something. Is that something that you can do? Yeah, definitely. So I sell fine art prints. It just uh, depends on the type of product. And um, I've had clients approach me for that kind of thing, too, where they maybe they want a promotional item or a print or a stationary card, and they just want something custom. So I can actually order those for, okay. you know, one-off commissions. Yeah. You mentioned about a website. Um, can you um, tell the folks out there about what is your website is? Yeah, so my Andaly, it's AndalyHyatt.com. And I basically have my portfolio and a lot of my current illustration work on there. And mm-hmm. I have a section where if you want phone cases or, you know, face masks, I'm actually going to get into other types of products. And I'm, I'm kind of excited. I haven't really announced this on my social, but... I really want to do pillows, like throw pillows. Okay. Um, I think I have some floral designs for that that I'm really excited about. But um, yeah, most of my work is on that website. But all of my current projects I share on Instagram. And then a lot of it I um, share on Patreon first so that patrons get to see that content first, basically. 
Right. Okay. Okay. Awesome. So mm-hmm. what, what is the future? Any type of uh, project that's coming ahead for Andalee? Definitely. I am actually really excited about developing my stationary card line. And I got my stationary card displays yesterday and we assembled them. So I'm in the process. Looks like we kind of lost Anna Lee there. But I just want to thank you for coming on tonight. Um, This is, of course, the segment called The Paintbrush. And Anna Lee Hyatt, as you you could mention. And then I will have some more details on her Instagram. So I just want to thank you all for joining in for our Gutchkawa on the Gutchkawa show of the paintbrush. So enjoy everybody and thank you. I'm going to leave this song with it's called Wagon Wheel by the artist out of Guam, Joe Guam. Headed down south to the land of the pine. Coming my way in North Carolina. Staring down the road and pray to God I see headlines. I made it down the coast in 17 hours, picking me a bouquet of dogwood flowers. I'm hoping for Riley, I could see my baby tonight. So rock me, mama, like a wagon wheel. Rock me, mama, and away you feel. Again, this is the Gooch Cower Show. I'm your host, Gooch Cower, presented by Anchor FM Podcast. Thank you for joining in. Coming up this Saturday, Kumu Olani from Ka Olani Palau out of Mission Vejo. Thank you for tuning in. Again, this is Gooch Kawa of the Gooch Kawa Show.